When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Mark McDougall and today I'm joined by Scott McDermott and Cal Moyden. This week we look ahead to a big game at Tynecastle on Saturday, discuss Dave King's latest statement, take a look at Kilmarnock's decision to cut Rangers ticket allocation, have a look at some transfer rumours and return to the Lee Wallace debate. So we'll start off with Dave King's statement. Uh, what do you think of it, Scott? Was it just a bit over the top? Uh, slightly over the top in the language that he used the kind of terminology I think Mark no maybe slightly unnecessary I don't think it's worth getting carried away about or no people getting their knickers in a twist it's a listen it's a season ticket advert essentially to try and get punters buying season tickets so Dave King's got to be positive he's got to be upbeat he's got to be optimistic for the for the future no he's trying to get punters to to buy in again if they haven't already to this kind of Steven Gerrard revolution, if you like. Um, don't get me wrong, in terms of his choice of words, you know, talk about being the dominant force in Scottish football, and no, that's slightly unnecessary. I mean, Rangers, no, Rangers need to concentrate, first of all, and actually properly competing for a for a title before they can... I mean, if you're going to become the dominant force in Scottish football, you need to win maybe four or five titles in the space, of, the space of four or five years. So, no, it should be one step at a time. Understand where he's coming from. He's trying to get people on the on the bandwagon, but maybe, no, maybe slightly over the top. But but listen, the other thing is, in terms of the, the tangible uh, kind of gap, if you like, maybe that's what Dave King genuinely believes. And if that's what he believes, then fine. He's clearly got a lot of faith and the manager, progress has been made this season. Um, maybe not as much as as they would have liked, or maybe not as much as as is coming across in this uh, in this season ticket thing. But uh, as I say, I've not got a major issue with it. It's it's maybe slightly over the top, but he is he is just trying to get punters punters through though. Do you think the gap is closed? I mean. People keep bringing up the win record compared to Kashinia and Marty and Warburton. Uh, Chris Sutton was in the paper on Saturday saying there's no way that Rangers have improved as far as they have. But I think if you look at look at the European run, look at the the team, etc., th- they've definitely improved, and you can see it on the pitch. I, I don't like to get bogged down in uh, stats, no win ratios and no points ratios. I, I don't. I, I tend to just judge on what I see with, with my own eyes, and I think this season, without a doubt, there's been progress. That squad is better. I think the mentality is better. I think Gerard and his team have brought in uh, a level and have brought in standards that weren't there before. Um, if Rangers can finish the season 
clear second with daylight to from them to Aberdeen and, and the rest as well as beating Celtic twice I know the last old firm game might be a bit of a, a dead rubber given that Celtic will be Celtic should be champions by that point but if, if Rangers can get to the end of the season Stephen Gerrard reflects and he looks back and he sees right they're now clearly best of the rest now if they could finish kind of 8 to 10 points ahead of Aberdeen and Kilmarnock I think that's proper progress They've, if they can say that they've beaten Celtic twice, albeit at Ibrox, I mean, that the game that they won at Ibrox in December, they were clearly better than Celtic that day. They proved that they can compete and they can they can win over 90 minutes. That has to be a major plus point. The European run was totally unexpected. Uh, I would argue, and I said it at the time, probably actually derailed the... The Premiership Forum eh, around that time, and they'd so many, so many games trying to qualify for the groups. So again, that's a major, a major plus. The two big black marks are the the cup competitions, clearly, and going out so meekly to Aberdeen twice, and the circumstances that that surrounded those games, in terms of the the red cards, um, Morelos missing the game at Hamden and. No, only having Sadiq to call on. I think Gerard will, in the cold light of day, will look back and say that was a decision that he got wrong. Uh, I'm sure he'll say he got many wrong in his first season as as a, as a manager, but that was that was definitely one of them. We saw how Ryan Kent performed at, Ibrook, uh, at Celtic Park, playing up front. He could have performed that role at Hamden that day, and the result might have been might have been uh, might have been different. So. The two big black marks for Rangers are the granted the forum against Aberdeen and Hibs uh, and even Kelly maybe hasn't been has they been brilliant but there has been many uh, plus points the Euro run the gap between them and the rest if they finish the season well and potentially two victories in the league over Celtic which you no know, they found so hard to get in this last five or six years. Callum Ali McCoyst got a bit of criticism yesterday as well for coming out and saying that Rangers need four or five players to challenge with Celtic. Is that? I actually think that's quite fair. What, what are your thoughts on that? Aye, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, I think Rangers have been a bit short at times this season in terms of the games. They've they've dropped points like at Hibs, at Aberdeen, as Scott said. I think they need a few quality additions in there uh, on top of the numbers they've got in the squad. I think they're, they're crying out for a creative midfielder. That's what I would say is the number one priority for Rangers. I, th- I think they do, they do need three or four quality signings. I don't, I don't think anybody would dispute that. Um, but I think they also need a couple of players uh, in that kind of layer underneath your first choice 11. I've heard people in the last couple of weeks you know, criticising the signing a Jordan Jones, the potential signing a uh, Greg Stewart. But I don't buy into that. I think I, be, I think Stephen Gerrard has looked at this season, you know, he's had a good look at Scottish football now for a for a year. And he knows that he'll need, as we say, three or four quality signings to take Rangers up that next level to really competing with Celtic and going for the title. 
But I think he also knows that over the course of a season, he's going to need guys who know the Scottish scene that when no, you're, you're struggling a wee bit can pop up with a result at, or pop up with a goal at Dens Park or at Rugby Park or whatever. And to me, your Greg Stewart's and Jordan Jones fit into that category. I mean, I've heard people saying, oh, well, no, Greg Stewart's not going to go and win you a title. Well, he's no, but Johnny Hayes isn't going to win Celtic a title. He can still come in when called upon and produce and get a result. Um, and I, I believe Gerard will get rid of no, some of the dead wood that's in there at the moment who aren't contributing anything. When you go away from home and you need somebody to come up with anything, no, with all due respect, guys like Gresda, Koulibaly, a couple of others aren't doing it for him. So well, that's, uh, that's what Gerard done. He went to Europe and he got Gresda, he got Koulibaly, yeah. he got Sadiq. And let's be honest, it's not worked out. Yeah, They've not been able to rely upon these guys to come in and do a job. No. Uh, as we saw with Sadiq's one start in the semi-final, he wasn't up to it. Gresda's not really looked up to it. Barisic, I'd give him his due. I think he does have something, but he's just struggling with physicality about Scottish football. Yeah. But So I understand why Gerard is going for these Scottish guys, because he's, he's went in the European market, and to be honest, I'd only say like one or two has worked. Yeah out of the signings so I understand why he has been linked with these Scottish players yeah I think he wants a few guys in there that know the that know the scene and know that he can no Graham Shinney would be another one I think Graham Shinney's probably going to go elsewhere but Rangers will have considered him for that very reason no might not play in your your first 11 most weeks but ask him to get in and do a job and you know that he's going to that he's going to do it no, you're asking guys like when you need Gresda or Koulibaly or you know, even throw guys like Jordan Ross or that into that category. They've not really come up with come up with any answers, and I think he'll believe that if he can lose, you no know, three or four of these guys that I'm talking about, and bring in you no know, guys that you're almost certain will do a job when called upon, he'll see that as an improvement, and I think that's almost separate. To what he actually needs for the first for the first eleven. Like yeah, like the saying that Glenn Kamara is almost the perfect example of that. that he's came in and hit the ground running well perf- Sunday, like Stephen Davis, who hasn't played in Scotland for yep. a while, has had to take time to get up and up to speed. Mark, mm-hmm. it's also the perfect example of players performing better when they're surrounded by good players. No, Glenn Kamara could have probably played at Dundee for the next two years and might have went pretty much unnoticed. You take him out of the Dundee team and put him into a midfield with Ryan Jack, Stephen Davis, Scott Arfield, and he's been uh, he's been terrific for Rangers in the, the last couple of months that he's been there. So um, you're right, he is the, the perfect example. A guy who most Rangers fans probably thought, well, why are we signing him? Where's he going to play? Where's he going to fit in? Is he going to be good enough? Again, is he, no, he going to be a guy that's going to go and, go and win as the title? No. Maybe not, but he's shown in the last few weeks he can certainly get in there and hold his and hold his own. That takes us on nicely to John Suter as well. I mean, he's been linked with a move in the papers at the weekend. Uh, I think he's one of the best defenders in Scotland, but there's a lot of Rangers fans who seem to be a bit. I wouldn't pay much money for him, but when you look at the money paid for Nikola Kasic, the money rumored mm. for Joe Worrell, he's definitely worth spending two, three million pounds on at least. Well, I mean, that's going to be the issue with, with John Souter. I don't think there's any doubt that he's a he's a top 
player and he would he would do a job for Rangers. I've been a fan of Suter for a long time. Yeah, if you watched him coming through as a kid, I think he's I think he's a different specimen now even to the one that came through at eighteen nineteen at Dundee United. Uh back then he was a he was a ball playing centre half. He was almost like I think he actually might have said himself when he was a kid that he's kind of hero was Gerard Piquet and he wanted to be this guy who comes out and plays and he even had a spell at United where he went in and sat in front of the back four and played in midfield but didn't quite work out for him. What do you say about Craig Levine? I think he's improved John Souter uh, massively. I think he's he is now a proper centre-half who's got all the, the, the different you know, facets you need to be a, a good defender. Of course, he can still play. He's got a terrific range of passing, but he's also you know, a physical specimen who can who can go and defend. I think it'd be a brilliant signing for Rangers if they could get him, but we've been here before. Rangers try to get players from from Hearts or Hibs, um, in particular when they've got two or three years left in their contracts. Very difficult to deal with. You no, know, they want big money. I would imagine if Hearts even considered selling John Souter, the bidding would start around three million, three and a half million, which for Rangers I think this summer you no know, might be a bit a bit rich for them. But if they could uh, if they could get him then I'd be uh, no I think it'd be a, I think it'd be a good signing for them. They might be saving that three million for that player that will take him to the next level. Yeah. And I don't know if that will be John Souter. I think he'd be a great signing and I think it's important that Rangers get in another centre-half because I don't think Gerard knows who his best centre-halves are yet. Yep. I think he's known all season. Well, so They've invested big in Goldson and Katic already. No, I think we're talking three million for Goldson, one and a half for Katic. They've probably invested a lot in Worrell's loan fee as well No, in terms of the actual loan itself and, and wages. So... They've spent a bit already on the centre-back department. There's no doubt Gerard will want another one this summer when, when Worrell goes back. He might even want two. So can you really afford to get into that, that haggle, that bidding war with Hearts? No, if they are going to play hardball and it's going to be three, three and a half, I'm not sure. I think it's one that Rangers would love to do. Um, as we've spoke about a minute ago, Gerard. I think we'll consciously try and hoover up a lot of the best players in Scotland uh, if he can, because I think for all the reasons we spoke about, as well as weakening your your rivals and your your opponents, Suter would definitely come into that category. But uh, for a Rangers' point of view, I would think that it might be it might be too much for them financially. Just throwing this out here, it just popped into my head. Use Kyle after as a make weight, given his clear lack of chances he's going to get at Rangers and he was loved at Hearts last time he did a great job for them potentially but for Hearts point of view no, is that, mm. a, big, is that a big carrot no, to, get, to get Lafferty back I'm not sure I'm not sure Levine would, would buy that to let go of one of your big assets young centre back who could possibly let's be honest no, could possibly if he keeps improving, John Suter. And, no, if he no 
plays regularly for, Scot- for Scotland. No, could go to England for maybe maybe more. Lafferty, there's no sell-on value. I think that'd be difficult. The, the other thing I would say about Souter is, just for a Rangers point of view, and it might be galling for, for some fans, I mean, we're talking about Scotland. The last Scotland squad's John Souter was on the bench, and David Bates started for Scotland. No, this is a young guy Rangers let go for free uh, to Hamburg last year. Rangers could have had Bates quite easily. No, didn't they offer him the money, and it wasn't a big money. Didn't they give him the money he was looking for to stay? Didn't they deem him good enough, if you like, to offer that kind of that kind of money? They let him go. He's now at Hamburg. Uh, seemingly playing well and he's now actually first pick for Scotland ahead of John Souter now I'm not saying Bates is a better player than Souter I actually think Souter is probably better I'd probably rather have Souter in my team but it might be galling for punters to think we're going to spend three million on a guy who's effectively behind a guy in the pecking order for Scotland who we let go for nothing. It doesn't seem to make doesn't seem to make much sense. I think when you look at the money that's been touted for Scott McKenna as well, what seven eight million from yeah. teams down south, the mo- three four million for John Souter doesn't mm. sound that bad. So I think John Souter is a much better all round defender than Scott McKenna. Yeah, uh, I think he makes less mistakes. He's more, I don't know. He's just he just I just seem to think he's. He's much better to watch as a defender than Scott McKenna is, and I think that would be a good deal if Rangers could get it. But there's, there's no that like Aberdeen with McKenna. Hearts thinking with John Souter will be eventually he'll go to England and we'll get as much money as we'll get as much money as we can from that. It's going to be every no every Scottish club's uh, kind of thought process when a when a good young player uh, is is signed up on a on a three or four year contract. Um, it should have been, and I'm no necessarily having a dig at Rangers here, but I mean, with Rangers, no, we are Barry McKay's and David Bates, no, that, that should have been Rangers' philosophy to try and eventually get these guys down south and make a profit on your kind of commitment in these kids as youngsters. But the two of them, eh, no, those two in particular, Rangers eh, no, lost them and didn't get anything in return. Eh, so Hearts will want to make a serious profit and John Souter and they certainly won't want to sell him to, uh, to one of their main uh, Scottish rivals Hearts will look at what they got from McKenna and think we've got Souter here we rate him more highly than McKenna they'll be looking at how much he's been linked with so if Rangers come in with 3 million they're not going to be like oh ok what? Yeah, they're going to take him about if he's going it's, got, it's going to be difficult if Souter had a year, a year left in his contract and you can go and talk to the boy and talk to his representatives and all that, then no, you've maybe got a chance again with, with, with some money and, and hearts are then kind of get hands tied behind their back. But they hold all the aces when, when he's sitting there with, I don't know, what was it two and a half, three years left in his, his contract? So I would also say, but it is the Gerard effect. I think that players do what to play for him. Yeah. As we've seen with getting Defoe down, getting Davis back. He's definitely drawn players to want to be part of this project, so it's an advantage Rangers in that regard if they could speak to him. Another player, that, I mean, it was in the media again that Ryan Kent to Rangers has been, well, I mean, it's been there all season, but seemingly Gerrard is going to make a personal plea to Liverpool. And all this. Do you think there's any chance of that happening? I, mean, I, just, I can't see it. If somebody like Fulham or that comes in with a 
10 million pound bid Liverpool are going to sell him because he's getting to the age now where he's what 22, 23 his value's not going to get much higher from a Liverpool perspective unless he's playing in the Liverpool first team and well 10 million is you'd take it in a heartbeat I know what you're saying and I tend to agree with you you know it's hard to it's hard to disagree uh, but when you listen to Steven Gerrard no, face to face as we did a couple of weeks ago when we, we asked him about it no there's no way that he's given up on on Kent being back at Rangers next season. And no, it is Steven Gerrard we're talking about. Mm. It is Liverpool. There's a special relationship there. He's obviously very close to Jurgen Klopp. Uh, he's obviously very close to Ryan Kent and will now know his representatives pretty well. So there is Rangers of that huge advantage where they are almost in the driving seat, if you like, in terms of... No, Kent seems to be happy here. There's relationships being built up, um, which are which are good and strong. They're not going to get him on a permanent deal. Gerard pretty much admits that uh, himself, but he believes that with Liverpool giving him uh, giving Ryan Kent a, a kind of long term deal when he arrived at Rangers, that there's still scope there for for another another loan. Um, and I suppose Gerard's Gerard's kind of pitch to Liverpool will be well, okay. So, no, Fulham have offered you eight million, but one more season with us, one more season the Europa League, one more season of playing all for them derbies, no, one more season of potentially going for a title. This time next summer, you'll have maybe a, I don't know, maybe a. Premier League team like a, a Burnley or a Leicester or whoever, they could be coming in with twenty million after what he's done at Rangers. So that that will be Gerard's pitch to Liverpool. Give us one more year with him to work with him. You no, know, get more exposure to these games, these atmospheres, European football, and you'll get even more money. I think that's what Gerard's clinging on to uh, this summer in terms of trying to get him back. Another winger in Glenn Middleton. He's not really been in the team much for the last few months. He's been banging them in for the reserves. It's eight goals in his last five games for reserves. His stats, I know we don't like to get bogged down in stats, but his stats are almost as good as Ryan Kent's in much less games. I think he's only scored one less goal and his assists are around about the same. Is it time, you know, if Kent isn't going to be Ibrox next year, stick Middleton back in the team for the last five games, get him, develop your own player rather than looking to develop Liverpool? As I said, as Scott said, I don't like to read into stats too much. Uh, especially the reserve league stats. I mean, I'm pretty sure Umar Sadiq was playing in the reserve league, and and still no score. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think that if he was good enough to be playing in the team, the now he would be getting brought on instead of Gresda, and he's not even been he's not been featured the second half of the season really at all, has he? He's only played twice, but is that uh, is that an uh, example of how of, player, of the reserve league not really doing its job as well? I mean, it looks like he's far too good for the reserve league, but not quite good enough for the first team yet. I don't know. I, I think Middleton... Listen, he, he burst onto the scene at the start of the season and had a real impact coming off the bench. Um, and Gerard kind of nurtured him along quite nicely, I think. And, and probably would have hoped for more... In this part of the season, no, or kind of middle to end of the season, Gerard maybe hope, but I think he probably accepts, no, that you get it with young players. When Middleton 
came out the team recently, or effectively came out the squad, I think he looked like a boy who needed to be kind of taking out the, the firing line a wee bit. He was he was starting to look, no, a wee bit one dimensional. Fullbacks mm. were kind of knowing what he was going to do. He wasn't getting much joy. Um, no punters getting his back a wee bit, a wee bit more. I think Gerard has been quite clever and has done the right thing by by taking him out when he did. Basically pulling them right back, putting them back in the reserves, you no, know, playing with the, the, the kind of younger boys and stuff. Uh, and I think it's worked by his performances. I mean, I've seen a couple of the goals that he scored in the reserves and he does look fresh again. You no, know, looks quite sharp. I know he's been playing through the middle, which is a wee bit different uh, to, to what he's what he's been used to, but we know he can we can play there, we know he's a good a good finisher. So I think it's just a case of Gerard thinking, take the boy out, you know, get his confidence going again. And I'm sure because he's formed for the reserves, we will see him again before the end of the season in the in the first team. Uh, whether that's coming off the bench or starting a couple of games, it'll maybe depend on you know, what's riding in the games, where Rangers are in the league. Uh, we'll need to wait and see, but I certainly think the timing was right to take Middleton out of the, out of the spotlight, if you like, and... No, he's reacted in the right the right manner by doing well for the reserves. Scored a couple against Celtic uh, yesterday, and because of that, I think we will probably see him see him back for the last couple of games of the season. Rangers have got a lot of wide players though, and they've already got Jones coming in, been linked with Greg Stewart, who yeah. I assume would play in a similar position. If you Candice there, Grizda, as we just discussed, Kent. So. I don't understand why we're getting all these wide options if some pe- some of these players have to be leaving, I think. I yeah. think maybe a loan deal might be what's needed for Middleton next season. Possibly. Maybe a- until January at least. Yep. If Possibly with Jones and that coming in, uh, it might be it might be worth sending him, sending him to a... I don't know. Would you send him to even top end of the Scottish Championship? I'm not sure. I mean, I think the loan deal would need to be... Either a yeah, kind of lower end Scottish Premiership club, where obviously he wouldn't play against Rangers, or you would try and get him down to the top end of League One uh, or Championship in England if you could. But I'm not sure. I mean, I think Gerard definitely, uh, definitely rates him. Do uh, him a five year contract, didn't he? Exactly. Aye. So <clears throat> he clearly likes him around the place. I mean, in terms of what you were saying about. No Kent's, no Rangers player, so do you take him out, try and use your own player? Well, you wouldn't do that because you're trying to get Kent no, to buy into the whole thing to, to come back next season. As we spoke about, he's desperate to get him back. So you would be just be playing Kent in every game. No, you would be, you'd be getting Kent whatever, whatever he wants, basically, because no, you, you'd be so desperate to get him back next season. So these, these post-split games... They're all big fixtures. Uh, no, against obviously against the top five. There's another old Firm game. There's another Aberdeen game. You want Kent playing in these games. No big atmosphere. So he says to himself, "I want, uh, I want, I want, I want this again next season." Well, also Kent has been one of our best players this season. Yeah. So it's not even just about thinking about next season. Gerard wants to finish second, winning the old Firm. And let's be honest, we need Rangers need Kent to be playing. Yeah. Another thing we're going to talk about is Kilmarnock have decided to cut tickets for the last game of the season uh, down at Rugby Park. Uh, Rangers normally get both stands behind the goals. This time they're only going to get one. Kilmarnock is saying it's celebrate the season 
celebrate 150th anniversary is it a fair move from Kilmarnock I mean they've done well they've got fans there may as well get their own fans in of course of course it's fair I mean it's their it's their stadium <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I know punt, some Rangers punters will maybe be a bit a bit aggrieved but I mean Rangers have a day two stands for as long as I can remember uh, and to be fair they've, they've filled them for, for most of that time however it's Kelly's ground they've had a cracking season uh, their numbers have been up this season home and away it's their last home game. Uh, more importantly, Steve Clark has been pretty open that no, he doesn't really know if he'll be there next season. He's going to make a decision on that in the in the summer. So for the job he's done there uh, these last couple of years, Kelly fans will quite rightly want to turn out and you know, potentially say a farewell to Steve Clark. Um, and also, you know, they could finish in the top four, Europe, They've got every right if they want to, you know, if they want to open up an stand for their own for their own fans to to kind of finish the season off on a high. Is it tough for Rangers fans, of course, because you no, know, they they've got so used to going to rugby park and their droves. You no, know, it's it almost feels like a home game for Rangers going down there when you've got the two stands behind the goal. So a few punters might be a bit peeved, but you can't. You can't, you can't argue with it, it's Kelly's, it's their uh, prerogative, so it's entirely up to them, I don't, I don't have an issue with it. The other thing is, as well, in the last few years when Rangers would have been selling at the stands, Kilmarnock haven't had the best relationship with their fans, with all the protests against Michael Johnson and all the rest of it, yep. whereas now they seem to be building a good relationship, so it's completely understandable to try build that more, they want more fans in. And exactly, and listen, if Kelly were to change it back... Starting next season and give Rangers the two stands. So be it. It's up to Rangers whether they, no, whether if Rangers fans aren't happy, then don't buy the, don't buy the tickets next time. But listen, it's if they're going to do this in the last game of the season, it's it's a rare occurrence. Certainly, in the last kind of no ten fifteen years, what I can what I can remember. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be that. Aggrieved about it. It's it, it's their call. Um, it'll be a big day for them. So listen, if they want to open up another another stand and they feel as if they can fill it, then then so be it. Aye, well, as Scott said, it's their stadium. They're entitled to do it. Uh, but I mean, what I will say is that in the past seasons, Rugby Park hasn't exactly been filled to the brim with Kelly fans every home game, has it? And you know, Rangers and Celtic do fill out these stands and make a lot of money for these clubs. So, I mean, there's that side of it, but, I mean, if that's what Kelly want to do. You can't you can't really stop them, can you? Right, well, we'll move on to Lee Wallace now. I mean, Scott, you've had your column last week uh, speaking about how he deserves a send-off and all the rest of it. This week we had Gordon Parks saying <laughs> that, well, that he's got his money. Don't tell any notice. No sympathy for him, all the rest of it. Also, you stand on the side of he deserves a send-off and it's hard to argue with that. Oh, I mean, how... <laughs> I don't know how you can say does he deserve a send-off. I mean, he's nearly... I mean, he's nearly been there a, a decade almost. Um, as has been well documented, he's... No, he stuck by Rangers when could have easily, you know, went to England or, or went to another club. Uh, obviously, the Rangers went down to the third division. He's been... No, he's been captain of Rangers through arguably the most kind of turbulent uh, spell in the, the club's history. 
Um, but more than that, just the way Lee Wallace has always conducted himself, I think, as a Rangers player, um, deserves a, a proper send-off. And this, it's not about how much money. We know he's earned a lot of money. No, there's plenty of players that, that, that took everything they could get out of Rangers when they were struggling in the, the lower leagues. It's not about that at all. It's about a guy you know, giving... Uh, proper service to a club, uh, acting, behaving in the right manner on and off the the pitch, being a real ambassador for the the club. And more importantly, it's about how he's been treated in the last last year. Uh, 12 months ago, he was still starting for Rangers at left back. He was a a key part of the team. Um, we'll never know what really happened that day at Hamden after the 4-0 defeat to Celtic uh, when clearly emotions were running high in the, the dressing room uh, that day when you know, Kenny Miller and Lee Wallace uh, had their say on that defeat. I've spoken to people who were in there uh, and who were part of it and they are adamant that no, it was it was no different to to what you would see in any given dressing room uh, on any given or after any given game, uh, especially after a big defeat to your to your rivals. Why Rangers decided to single out Wallace and Miller, we don't really know. It was there was a lot of politics going on at that time. Graham Murty was was caretaker manager. Rangers were trying to shoehorn them into this into that position that you no know, they thought at that time this guy might be the the permanent manager, might be the answer long term. Obviously that didn't didn't materialise. But Lee Wallace appealed his suspension, his wages suspension and won. Pretty much was exonerated. Has been welcomed back into the squad, you have to say, by by Stephen Gerrard uh, since his arrival. And the column wasn't a dig at at Gerard or the Rangers coaching team for no picking him. If Lee Wallace isn't good enough or isn't fit enough, that's their call. They see him every day, um, every day in training and in, and in games. All I was trying to say was that the club's handling of of Lee Wallace hasn't been hasn't been great, uh, and I think for what he's given Rangers uh, and how he's conducted himself. If if this is going to be the end for him, which it looks as if it is at the end of this season, when his contract runs out, he deserves uh, to say goodbye to the the Rangers fans um, in the proper the proper manner. I I'll just add that I, we don't know if he's fit enough. Basically, is what I think because I think it's been a bit strange that he's not. There's been at times where Rangers haven't had a left back, yeah, and he's not started. So I think. If he was still had the same qualities he had years ago, I imagine he would be starting because he's been in the squads. So I can only think it's a case of he's not fit enough. He's maybe lost his pace, uh, and Gerard just doesn't want him in the team. But uh, it is a bit strange. And listen, maybe it's a case of Steven Gerrard just doesn't fancy him. I mean, you, you get I don't, there's no way that it's he's not in the team because of his attitude or he's professional. I mean, no. honestly, you can't. Speak to anybody at Ibrooks, whether it be players, coaches, staff. They've not got a bad word to say about Lee Wallace. He's a guy who, you know, comes into training every day, gives a hundred percent. He's professional on and off the pitch. I think we all know he's a he's a coach, 
away for Rangers, he's got his own team, etc. It's n- it can have nothing to do with his attitude or his professionalism. As no, as you say, it might be down to fitness. Maybe Gerard looks him just doesn't think he's up to the to the standard, or he might just no fancy him as a player because it has been slightly strange when they've been toiling for a left back. Andy Halliday, as much as he's no, he's done brilliant for Rangers when called upon, isn't an actual left back whether whether you like it or not. When you've had Lee Wallace sitting there, that does seem a bit a bit bizarre. Um but listen, that that's Gerard's call. He's the he's the manager. There's been plenty plenty of good players at clubs all over the place, um, that you've thought, why is he not playing? But if the manager doesn't mm. fancy him then that's that's his goal. Yeah, it'd be good to see him come on as a sub or something, I think. Uh as a wee send off. well that that'll be interesting because yeah. the last home game is going to be Celtic, isn't it? Is yeah, that is yeah, that right? So yeah, it's mm. that's not a game, obviously, for uh, for big farewells and uh, for cameo roles. Do you know what I mean? And Rangers, as we spoke about, every one of these post-split games is going to be pretty crucial. So he might know, no, he might not get that get that chance. But but no, whenever whenever there is an opportunity for him to say uh, say his farewells, I think. I, th- I think, to be honest, that's that's the least they deserve. That's the other thing as well. The other two games is don't really set themselves up for farewell games and the rest of it mm. either. You've got Aberdeen at home and Hibs at home. They're not they're not really games that Rangers fans will be wanting to clap people off no. or all the rest mm. of it. It's games that they want proper all action, yeah. everything into it. Unless, unless you were... No, unless they were winning comfortably in one of those games, which is obviously going to be, going to be tough... Um, but if they were winning comfortably and Wallace was on the bench, no, and just say Halliday was at left back or Barisic, then Stephen Gerrard might look look upon it as a as an opportunity to say, right, on you go for the last the last fifteen minutes, uh, and that could be the last the last hurrah. Uh, and I think, listen, Lee Wallace won't be looking for big send offs or uh, no, he's not looking for the applause. I just don't think. And listen, I don't. I'm talking as a guy who doesn't know him that well. I've I've interviewed him a few times. Yeah, I've interviewed him quite a lot over the over the years, but I don't know him personally. But it just doesn't strike me as a guy, uh, as I say, who's looking for the big uh, the big farewell. For me, that's that's on the club. That should be they should be deliberately going out their going out their way to uh, make, make sure he gets what he deserves. Another thing is though, it's it's nothing really to do with Stephen Gerrard. It's his no. first season in charge. It's, it's as, as you said, it's the club. Yeah. Uh, so Gerard might just be thinking, this isn't really anything to do with me. Uh, as Gerard came into that Wallace situation, um, as you were saying, it had nothing to, nothing to do. I mean, there was nothing he could do about it. No, whether he was told behind the scenes, look, this is going to be a bit awkward. But no, Stephen Gerard doesn't strike me as a guy. He's going to be going to be told what to what to do, who to pick, who, who not to pick. So. It's been unfortunate for him that he's he's been kind of landed with that situation um, when he did. But I, I don't. I genuinely don't think he's getting anything against Lee Wallace mm. uh, as a guy. Whether he rates him as a player is another is another matter. On to picking the teams, like we said, we've got Rangers go to Tynecastle on Saturday. Hearts away is going to be a difficult game. Obviously, Hearts are fired up from the Scottish Cup. Ryan Kent still still suspended. Alfredo Morelos is still suspended. Is it just a case of same again from the Motherwell game? Not really any changes. Maybe Halliday or Barisic back in at left back. Mm. Pretty much, I mean that would be the 
he's he's not got that many options when there's a few when there's a few missing. When you think, as you say, how tough a how tough a game it's going to be. Um, I think Flanagan's probably done enough to stay at left back. I don't see the back four changing uh, or the back five. Also, with the keeper, that that will no change. Midfield. I think Stephen Davis has pretty much played his way into the the team now, so I suppose he has got a few options in there. No, with Davis, Arfield, Jack, Kamara, uh, he can maybe tinker with it slightly in there. Kent's obviously a big miss, especially, especially for these away games. We are going to need somebody, you know, somebody to open up a defence, or no, he's got that pace that that, that can get you away in the the counter attack, um, which could be which could be crucial on Saturday. So. Um, he's maybe not got as many options as he would like in the the final third with, with those two out, but I don't see it changing much for the for the Motherwell game. I think he's month. still still toying around with this new formation. Probably wants to see how well it's going to continue to do uh, if teams are going to figure it out. So I I think he's going to pretty much stick the same way. Arfield in that same role behind I, the four. I was going to say one thing's for sure. Arfield will certainly be playing in that Arfield. in that role that he's that he's found from. Um, and he'll probably be wishing he'd done it a bit, a bit earlier. I think. Um, I mean, I, I said I think before the Celtic game at, at Parkhead that <clears throat> I'd like to have seen him change it up a bit, and I, I, I fancied Arfield playing, playing wide because he has done it with Burnley, albeit in a slightly different, uh, a slightly different system. But in the couple of games that he's had, it's worked an absolute treat. Nobody really knows how to how to pick him up. Um, Motherwell just couldn't couldn't handle him in there, so he'll definitely go with that again because that will give Hearts a a big problem, um, that, and that's what he'll be. You no, know, they'll be hoping to been, exploit it. It's been know. encouraging to see Rangers perform out of Fredo Morelos as well, because I think a lot's been made of over relying on one man. So it's been encouraging to see Arfield and Defoe link up. up yeah, it's just been, it's been good to see Defoe come to life. As well, almost. I know he'd scored a few goals <coughs> coming off the bench and wee cameos and that, but you never really felt, or no, you you'd never really felt that he was getting involved in games. The four, no, the way that you'd you'd seen him in England and the way that you expected him coming up here as a real marquee signing. But Arfield getting into that position. Seem to have given him a, a kind of new lease of life, and he's getting involved. He likes having guy. No, we spoke about it before on here. He likes guys close to him, whether it's a big striker or a guy coming from midfield. Um, so he's really thriving on that. And as I say, for him, that's been the that has been the big plus of Morelos's absence, if you like, is seeing the four come to life uh, finally. And and getting Arfield in that new role where he's really he's really blossomed. So, gonna push you for an early prediction for for that game. Hearts away. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be tight. I mean, Hearts aren't in great form despite the the Scottish Cup semi. Uh, what do you respect Inverness? You were expecting Hearts to go and go and win that. Uh, I was at the Derby game uh, a couple of weeks ago. That feels like a couple of weeks ago. Um, <laughs> They played okay, but Hibs did a job on them, pretty much the way Rangers all, all hope to do uh, on Saturday. Um, and the fans that day got in Hart's backs, got in Craig Levine's back. So if Rangers can, can feed into that, 
uh, scoring early would be would be handy for Rangers. Uh, no, as as it always is really, but scoring early at a place at Tynecastle can just can silence the crowd. Um, so if if Rangers can do that, I expect them to win. But it's going to be it's going to be tight. I'll go I'll go two one Rangers. Uh, Rangers have had two weeks off and they'll be fresh and raring to go. And I think Hearts laboured a bit of that cup semi final. To be completely honest, so I think Rangers are, can be quite confident going into it. Uh, I'm going to go another three 0 away. As, lo- as long as the Rangers players have recovered for their player of the year, <laughs> uh, player of the year, Aye, that's the only thing. He should be fine. <laughs> right, well, we'll leave it there. Uh, that's all from us. We'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis from all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can by tweeting us at Record Sport. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get a podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.